Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So good to see you all this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to two places. Two places. You can turn to Second uh, Chronicles chapter 6. And then you can also turn to Hebrews chapter 13. I'll get to Hebrews chapter 13 here in, in just a moment. And then we'll go to Second Chronicles chapter 6. And uh, I believe this is probably the fourth Sunday I've taught on this. And, and uh, this series you know, came about uh, six months or more. And uh, ago, just as I was in the back, or one of our back storage uh, mods of the building there, and, and I saw one of our old altar benches that we used to have and used to use before we remodeled the church. And, and, um, and as I was going out that, uh, that room, I just turned over and I looked at these benches. And, and I just had in my heart just to go down and, and sit down on it. And as I, as I sat on it, there was um, just the, the presence of the Lord just came on me. And, and the Holy Spirit instructed me and he said, I, I want you to, to pastor y- your people on what altars are, what altars are and the importance of altars. And, and it's not about making, it's not making this piece of furniture a necessarily a, a holy place. I mean, sometimes, you know, Christianity or well, years past religion can make, um, you know, it's kind of like the, um, you know the story in, in, in Numbers where it said, you know, the people there were sick and Jesus told Moses, I want you to take a serpent and I want you to put it up on a pole and, and all that look at it will be healed. And, you know, and so when those that looked at it got healed. Well, years later, you know, next thing you know that through history, they actually had temples built to like the church of the snake. And, and here and they would now, next thing you know, they're worshiping this, this idol on this thing that they had made. And that was God's never, his intention was never about the pole. It was never about the, 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 the bronze snake. It was about looking at him. Is about getting your eyes off, off, off what you're at and, and, and place your focus on an answer. And so it's not about just the religious identity of what an altar is. Now, the, the point, point, the purpose is, is where is your heart? Yeah, I want the altar here to be a place, yes, where you meet God, a place where you hear from God, a place where you receive from God, a place where you get direction from a God, a place where you, you, you leave things and then also a place where you receive things. See, that's what altars, that's what altars were throughout the scriptures, a place where you went and you laid things down and also, but yet you brought, you took something different when you left. And, and so the altar is a place of sacrifice. And, and as we've talked about altars, we first established that the altars, no matter what aspect I'll be dealing with in this series is the altars is a place of mercy. The altar is a place of mercy. It's not a place of judgment. It's a place of mercy. And then we discovered that, that we have an altar. Let's, let's look at that in, in Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 10 says, We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. Then verse 13 says, Let us... Go forth, therefore, unto him. So now it's saying this altar isn't a place. This altar is a person. 
Can you say that with me? The altar isn't just a place, but it's a person. So it says, let us go therefore unto him. Then look, verse 15 says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifices and praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So we've been on this journey discovering altars. And so those, those are two points you're going to constantly hear me talk about because I don't want to refer to something in the Old Testament and not make sure that we look to the New Testament in the Old Testament and then look to the New Testament because you can look at the Old Testament and get in bondage, but you always have to see everything has to come through Jesus. Everything is fulfilled in Jesus. All right. And there's a lot of principles that we will use in the Old Testament, but, but ultimately it's always going to be to point to something in the New Testament and pointing back to Jesus. That's what Paul said. Paul said, I preach Christ and him crucified, right? So that means I preach Christ and him crucified. I, I preach, I preach everything from the position of what Jesus has already accomplished and what already Jesus already did. You know, it was, um, even after I got born again, I had to understand because so often I would live my Christian life still living in how I used to live, even though now I'm a Christian. And it's also, I'm waiting for, it's almost like I'm waiting for Jesus to do something. I'm waiting for, okay, God, if you just would do something, well, wait a minute, I, I've already done it. It's what are you doing? What are you doing? Sometimes it's easy to put all the responsibility on the sovereignty of God. And realize I have a part to play in my growth. I have a part to play in my success. <laughs> See, we, sometimes we don't like our part. We just want him to do all the work. No, what we, but, but going back to, you know, you know, sacrifice altars, what do we learn about with mercy? What I present my, he goes, I beseech you brethren by all the mercies of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice. So when I present my body to the altar, now that opens me up to all the mercies of God. And then what does it say after that? You know, that you would be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that, that's not, that's not God's part. That's your part. <laughs> All right, I need, I need to stay on task here. So, so here, so, so we have an altar, we have an altar that they can't. Now let's look at this one verse and then we'll go forward. Verse 10, we have an altar whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. So we have an altar that they couldn't eat from. Okay, just hold that thought and we'll, we'll eventually get back to that. Now let's go to Second Chronicles. And over the past weeks, just been doing a lot of just teaching. But I believe it's important for the Word, for us to see things in the Word. And so we'll be going to quite a few scriptures And we dealt with Second Chronicles 5, 6, and 7 last week, and we talked about surrender. But I want to I look at the first four verses, and we'll go into the assignment we have today. Verse 1 says, Then said Solomon, The Lord hath said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. He says, But I have built a house of habitation for thee, 
in a place for thy dwelling forever. And the king turned his face and he blessed the congregation of Israel and all the congregation of Israel stood. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel who hath with his hands fulfilled that which he spoke with his mouth to my father, David. Now get a picture of the, here's Solomon. He's building, he's building the house of God. They just, all the priests went in to dedicate the temple, 120 of them. They went in and they were singing the same song. They were playing the same thing. They were blowing instruments and singing all as one. And it said the glory of God fell and the priests couldn't even stand because of it. And right after that, Paul, Solomon says this, he, he says, you know what? I've cho- I want to build him a house, a habitation. I don't want it to be something that's just in secret anymore. I want it to be something that everyone can see. I want it to be something that everyone can experience. And he says this, he says, he goes, he goes, now he blessed them. See, blessing to, to, in that day was a big deal. The blessing, we, we get into things like, you know, oh, oh, well, well, God bless you because you sneeze, Kermit. But blessing to them carried a lot of weight. So this was something that Solomon was doing in God's presence, in the presence of the glory of God. And it said when he did that, he said everyone stood. What is it? everyone's listening to? What is Solomon because what was Solomon? Solomon, at that time, the, the priest, the king, was also a lot of times considered the king and priest. So they went by everything that, that they heard, heard and they said came from him. So here, Solomon is releasing something and he brings up his father and he says that, that God would fulfill with his hand what he spoke with his mouth. Now, for us as a church, this year, what, this is a year of abundant overflow, right? Amen. This is a year of firsts, right? It's a year where we'll see the outpouring of the goodness of God like never before, right? Amen. And the fourth thing we're saying, this is a year of recovery, restoration, and recompense. So what God had spoken with his mouth, he would do with his hand. Now you're going you're gonna, to, I'm just going to build on this this morning. Okay. So this was, this was his, his, Solomon's heart. He, why? Because he saw the life of his father and he saw, he learned from his father. He learned from the, his father on what, what God, the promises of God. And not only did he see that, but he saw God bring it to pass in his father's life. So he saw God do what David told, told him that his God would do. I might have you say, repeat a lot of things with me this morning because I wanted to, I want you to, I want you to leave with some things this morning. So say this with me. God will do. do. Say that God will fulfill fulfill. what he has promised me me. because that's his nature. nature. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah 46. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit being our teacher. 
Isaiah 46, verse 9. He goes, he says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. Sometimes that's good for us to remember. You're not God. He is. Sometimes we just need to get our hands off some things and just surrender and let God do what God does. I am God and there is none like me. Now he, so what, now he says, declaring the end from the beginning. Now, he goes, there's none like me. And then he says this, declaring the end from the beginning. Meaning no one, no other God does that. Meaning he sees the end and then he starts, then he, he sees the end and then he starts. He, he, he's got a, He's got a complete picture of how it's supposed to look. Declaring the end from the beginning. Now listen, end from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Wow. Man, that's the God I serve. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Meaning, there's some things that he's spoken in the very beginning of the foundation of the world that haven't been done yet. And then he says, then he calls this, he goes, my counsel. And the word counsel there is better defined in the Hebrew as purpose. My purpose shall stand. And I will do all my pleasure. If you also look at the word counsel, you know, if you go to counseling, you're hearing someone giving you advice. So what someone's speaking something to you. So he could, he could say it this way. My counsel or my words shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. And that word pleasure can also be defined as purpose. So you could say it this way. My counsel or my words shall stand and I will do all my, what I purposed. Now here are these two things, what I've spoken and what I will do. And that it says, my counsel shall stand. So what I've said shall stand, but also I will do all my pleasure here. We're seeing what Isaiah is telling us, what we're hearing that God is going to do what he said, right? Go to, go to uh, Mark chapter one, Mark chapter one. Thank you, father. Hallelujah. Mark chapter one. Now, while you're turning there, Isaiah 14 verse 24 says this, surely as I have planned, so will it be. As I have purposed, so will it stand. Isaiah 25 verse one says, "O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I'll praise your name for you have worked wonders. Your plans formed long ago in perfect faithfulness. So I could read the scripture this way. In perfect faithfulness, God will do what he planned long ago. Wow. See, I want you to see that that's his nature, that he will do what he said he will do. He will fulfill. What was Solomon's blessing? He will, he fulfilled with his hand. He fulfilled with his hand. He fulfilled with his hand. What he said with his mouth. Mark chapter one, 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Look at verse 14. Now, after that, John was put in prison, and Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Wow. Verse 15, and saying, the time is fulfilled. Wow. <laughs> the time is fulfilled. Meaning it's not something I'm, I'm, it's not something we're waiting for anymore. The time is fulfilled. Woo. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. But what did he say? The time is fulfilled. I've got good news for you this morning. The time is fulfilled. I've got something that you can hold on to this morning. The time is fulfilled. This was, this was the good news that he was preaching. Hey, hey guys, you've been waiting for a long time. I want you to know the time is fulfilled. The time is fulfilled. Hallelujah. I believe we're in a, in a, in a season in that Moad of time where the time is fulfilled and Jesus is coming soon. The time is fulfilled. So this was, this was good news. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So what was the gospel that he just preached? The time is fulfilled. The time is fulfilled. Well, we're going to see different things on what the gospel is here in just a moment. But, but in this, that good news was the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at what hand? The kingdom, the kingdom of God is at hand. I, I will do with my, he will do with his hand what he said with his mouth. So now he is saying the kingdom of God is at hand. That word hand also can mean here. The kingdom of God is here. See, everywhere I go, my hand has to go with me. <laughs> I mean, unless I'm Captain Hook or something. I, I mean, you know, or... You know, Adam's family, the thing, you know, or whatever he was, I'm not sure, but, or it, which one, I don't know which one that was, no, it was the hair, right? I always got the Munsters and the Adam's family mixed up and the black and white, you know, but you rang, but, but the point is he goes, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. And the, the, here he's saying what repent. Now let's go to, go to, um, Luke chapter one, Luke chapter one, probably should have read this, this one first, but Luke chapter one, verse 19 in the amplified says, and the angel replied to him, this is John the Baptist's father. I am Gabriel and I stand in the very presence of God and I've been sent to talk to you and to bring you this good news. Wow. Uh, Annette had a great revelation of this. Meaning, it's like, how, how, how do you know, God, this is going to happen? And he says, I'm Gabriel. From, you know, the throne of God. I stand in his presence and he told me to come here. How, how, so, so God, how, how do I know that you're going to do this? I, I'm, I'm, I'm Gabriel. 
and I stand in the very presence of God. I'm, I'm not Michael. I'm Gabriel. I'm one of the big ones. I'm one of the, I'm one of the four, the big four. And I stand there and he told me to give you this message. This what good news, this good news. Verse 20. Now behold, you will be and will, and uh, uh, now behold, you will be and will continue to be silent and not able to speak till the day when these things take place because you have not believed what I told you. But my words are of a kind which will be fulfilled in the appointed and proper time. Woo. He will do with his hands what he said with his mouth. That's what he's saying. He goes, he goes, I've got to shut you up, Zachariah. I got to shut you up because, because you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to hinder what I want to do with your mouth. I think some of you need to get that revelation. That there's some things that God wants to do, but you need to shut up. Or I just say, you just need to be quiet. I'll say, sorry, Miss Carolyn, if you're watching, I know that's not a, but I've got to, I, because, because I need to fulfill something. And if you, if, if you, if you don't speak the right thing, then something's going not happen. So what I've got to, you be quiet because I've got something I need to do. I've got something I need to accomplish and my word will be fulfilled at the proper right time. Let's go to Matthew chapter four. Say, thank God for the word. Lord, help me get out of my way (laughs) or help me get out of your way. Matthew chapter three. Yeah, Matthew chapter 3 first. What did I say? We'll, we'll get there in a minute. Matthew chapter 3, it says, In those days there appeared John the Baptist. Well, who was John the Baptist? Zacharias' father. The one that he had to keep quiet because, you know, he probably wanted to name him Zachariah Jr. But, but he needed to be married John. He, he needed to be named John. Verse 2, And saying what? Repent. Think differently. This is the Amplified. Think differently, change your mind regarding your sin and change in your conduct for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So, so just, just, just real quick without laboring on this, you know, ultimately I believe repent can mean one. It's not just confessing your sins, but it's changing your direction. Repenting is not just saying, I'm sorry. But repent is saying, you know what? I'm going to go a whole different direction in my life. And that's what John the Baptist is saying. He's saying, look, there's a new kingdom coming. There's a, there's a new, there's a new system coming. There's a new way of thinking coming. And so you're going to have to change your mind. You're not going to be able to receive this new kingdom if you have the old mindset. So change your mind because there's a new kingdom coming. Now let's go to chapter four. Chapter four. Look at verse 14. Thank you, Father. That it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying that it might be fulfilled, say fulfilled. 
Wow. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Verse 16. The people which sat in darkness saw a great light. To them which sat in the region in the shadow of death, light is sprung up. So what is this? He said, as Isaiah said. So it's saying that this scripture is fulfilled, right? 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 So he's saying what? Because what did Isaiah say? The people that sought in darkness saw a great light. Now he's saying this scripture is fulfilled and those that sit in darkness, the light is sprung up. The light is sprung up. Meaning we're not waiting for it to happen. I'm not waiting for light to come. Light is here. It's been fulfilled. Thank you, Father. And verse 17 says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He will do, he will do with his hand what he promised with his mouth. Hallelujah. There's a lot more to this hand that I'm not going to get into this morning. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We open our hearts to the word. Matthew chapter 8. He fulfilled with his hand. Hallelujah. Verse 15. It said, he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began waiting on him. When evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons. And he drove out the spirits with the word and restored to health all who were sick. And thus he did what? He fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. So what? He fulfilled with his hand. What he spoke with his mouth. Hallelujah. He fulfilled what's spoken by the prophet Isaiah. And what do you say? He himself took. He took our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. To get a picture of that, he took. You know what? It didn't say he will take. It said he took. He took my weaknesses. He took my infirmity. He took my diseases. So with what the kingdom of God being at hand, being fulfilled, took my weaknesses, took my sicknesses, and it took my diseases. It took it, took it. If he took it, that means I don't have to keep it. If he took it, I don't have to carry it. What he said with his mouth, he will fulfill it with his hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to Luke chapter 4. I know I'm going to a lot of scriptures. Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 4. Verse 17. 
It says, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down in the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he, he began to say to them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. What Isaiah said, By God, Jesus is now saying it's fulfilled. The word fulfilled means accomplished. It means to come to an end. It means to be brought to a place of closure. He fulfilled it. If you go on reading the rest of the chapter of Luke chapter four, at the very end. I believe it's in verses 43 or 44. He says this. He goes, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. Because that's why I was sent. The kingdom of God coming to the earth is all about completing what God promised. Thank you, Father. Let's go to John chapter 9. Hallelujah. John chapter 9. Thank you, Lord. Look at verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished. Now, close your eyes for a minute, if you would. Just put your hand on your heart. Now, let me read this. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished. All things have come to a close. All things. All things. That even includes whatever you might be dealing with. All things were now accomplished. That the scripture might be fulfilled. Saith, I thirst. Well, that's what the scripture said. I I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put upon a hyssop and put it in his mouth. Now listen to this. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. Now say that with me. It is finished. You can open your eyes. Everything in the Old Testament 
the things that were spoken long ago, Jesus said, Hey, I am an extension of God's hand. And it's finished. Let's go to Acts chapter 13. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. As Jesus taught, said the presence of the Lord was there to heal. Thank you. Let's look at verse 22 of Acts chapter 13. In the King James, it says, And when he had removed him, talking about Saul, he raised up unto them David to be their king. To whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will, who will complete all my will. Now remember Solomon's prayer, right? That God would, God fulfill with his hand what he said with his mouth. So here now it's talking about David and it says that David would, shall fulfill all my will. But let me ask you a question. Is this scripture entirely about David? Let's read. And when he had, verse 23, of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a savior, Jesus. Woo. So he's not just talking about David here. He's on what David fulfilled all of God's will. David completed all of God's will. But now it said, no, there's going to be a seed. There was a seed that was raised up like unto David and he will be the savior unto Israel. Woo. <laughs> mm. Just, man, just hold, hold on tight. Just. Verse 24. When Jesus had first preached before his coming that baptism meant repentance to all people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, be said, Who think you that I am, that I am not, that I am not the Messiah? But behold, there cometh one after me whose shoes of his feet I'm not worthy to loose. Verse 26, men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham and whoever among you feareth God to you is this word of his salvation sent. So now he's talking about David and now it talks about the Abraham and the blessing of Abraham. And it says this promise, it, this salvation has been sent to you, Kermit. It's been sent to you, Cassie. So now isn't this not talking about Jesus' day or those that walk with Jesus or the disciples, but now it's talking about you and I, that this promise is to you and me. This fulfilled promise has been made available for each one of us. This salvation, this deliverance, this freedom has made, been made available. Hallelujah. Look at verse 28. And though they found no cause of death in him, Yet they desired they pilot that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them, which came up, uh, came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings or good news. How that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us that were his children. Wow. The same that was promised to them has been fulfilled unto us who were his children. 
In that he raised up Jesus again, as it also written in the second Psalm, thou art my son, this day have I begotten you. For the sake of time, let's look at verse 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, now get this, all that believe are justified from all things. Don't go to that too quickly. By this Jesus, Deborah, you are justified from all things. Sam, you were made right from all things. All things. All things. Justified for all things. This is what mine and your Jesus has accomplished for me and what he has fulfilled for me. This is what God has spoken with his mouth and he fulfilled with his hands that I would be justified in all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Meaning the law of Moses couldn't justify you. Religion couldn't justify you, but Jesus could justify you in all things. Hallelujah. Verse 40, beware therefore, lest you come upon those which spoken of in the prophets. Behold, you despisers and wonder and perish. For I work a work in your day, a work which you shall in no wise believe, though a man declared unto you. Verse 42, and when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now think about it. They're like, when we heard justified in all things. They're like, we want to hear this next week, man. This, we got to hear this again. We got to hear this again. You know what? And you need to hear it again and again and again and again and again and again. And if this revelation doesn't excite you, you haven't got the revelation yet. Because when this went off on the inside of them, they were justified in all things. They were like, hey, we got to hear it about again. The justifi- justification in all things healed in our body, set free from bondages, set free from torments, set free from having to live in poverty, set free from, yeah, no fear. Hallelujah. Set free in every way. Justified in all things. This is what we, we, this is, I'm telling you, this is all, you're like, well, what does this have to do with the altar? Everything. You don't know? We have an altar that they couldn't eat from. When you eat something, you take, you receive it. When you eat something, it goes into you. When you eat something, it becomes a part of you. When I come to the altar, and this is really what all this morning is all about. When you come to the altar, you're there to celebrate the finished work of Jesus. When I come to an altar, I'm there to celebrate what Jesus finished. When I I make my, my next to my bed and get on my knees At that moment, coming to that altar, I'm celebrating what he completed. The completed work of Jesus. 
Too often we're waiting for something to happen instead of just celebrating what's already happened. My faith isn't established in have my symptoms changed yet. My faith isn't established in I haven't seen my child free yet. My faith isn't established on what my five physical senses are telling me. My faith is established in knowing that Jesus finished the work. Jesus accomplished the work. This is coming to the altar is a celebration. That's where it says we come unto him. We come unto him and it says, and we, and we glorify and we praise and we acknowledge and we glorify his name. What, why am I glorifying his name? Why? Because he finished the work. Let me close it with this. Let's go to Acts chapter three. Acts chapter three. I'm going to stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The finished work. Hallelujah. Why, why is this a house of miracles? Because we celebrate the finished work. You got to, you've got to see everything from a completed position. Acts chapter three. Verse 18, but those things which God before had shown by the mouth of all the prophets that Christ should suffer, he has so fulfilled. What, what he spoke, he will do. That's right. Hallelujah. But those things which God before had shown by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he has so fulfilled. Verse 19, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repent. Change your direction. Change your way of thinking. For this morning, I want to change your way of thinking. That you don't see your circumstance, your bondage, your sickness, your disease as waiting for something to change. Change your, let's change our focus this morning. And seeing what Jesus has already accomplished and what Jesus has already done. Because it says that when we change our focus, it says that the times of refreshing, times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. The word refreshing, really the figurative example of refreshing here is the word revival. The picture it gives in the Greek is revival. And it says that revival comes from the presence of the Lord. And then it says this for 20, and he shall send Jesus, which before was preached unto you. Verse 21, whom the heaven must receive. This word receive actually is also defined as retain. So receive something is to take it. But also if you talk about retain, meaning it's almost like I'm, 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 holding, I'm holding things back. 
So get a picture of this. When the heaven must retain Christ until the time of restoration of all things. Now we saw just a minute ago that there was justification for all things. But here it says that he's got to hold Christ back until the restitution of all things. That word restitution means recompense. Restoration. It means recovery. Hallelujah. Which God, what, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his prophets since the world began. So that means there's this, this time that he's retaining Jesus until the restoration, the restitution of all things. And it said the things that have been spoken by the prophets. So I declare just like God fulfilled everything else, this will be fulfilled also. And I believe soon, I believe in my time restoration, restitution of all things, the finished work of Jesus. The altar is about celebrating the finished work, the finished work. Oh, the finished work, the finished work. Hallelujah. Oh, father, we thank you for the finished work. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, father, we just make this room. We make our hearts an altar this morning. And right now we celebrate the finished work, the finished work, the finished work, the finished work of Jesus, the finished work of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you for the finished work of Jesus, the finished work of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The finished work of Jesus. Hallelujah. Cassie, can you come up, please? The finished work of Jesus. Hallelujah. The finished work of Jesus. Wow. The finished work. The completed work. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wow. Maybe you're here this morning and you've dealt with torment over your past, past mistakes, past failures. I'd like you to just take a moment, come to the altar. But as you come, realize he fulfilled everything and he justifies all things. Maybe you're here today and you're battling symptoms, a doctor's report. 
we come to this altar, we're coming to celebrate what's already been accomplished, the completed works of Jesus. We have an altar that we can partake from, that we can eat from. Hallelujah. You're here today and you haven't heard from your children and your children have turned their backs on, on God and you're not sure about where their future lies or, or what's happening. I want you to come to the altar and, and, and celebrate the finished work of Christ. Maybe there's some things in your marriage and some things that you're having challenges with some, some things that, that the enemy is trying to tear apart and things the enemy is trying to destroy. But, but God is a, a God of restoration. He's a God of recompense. He's a God of recovery. And it says in, in Acts, if we would repent and we would, we would change our focus and we put our focus on the right things, it says times of refreshing will come. And it says the restitution of all things. If, if any of those things are for, are for you, I, 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 I just want to just follow my heart. And it, it's whether you come down or not, that's, I'm just making the opportunity available. Just come down. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Father. We celebrate the finished work. We celebrate the finished work. Hallelujah. The finished work of Christ. Hallelujah. The finished work of Christ. We celebrate the finished work. Thank you, Father. The finished work. We celebrate the finished work. Hallelujah. Oh, the finished work. He's finished it. He's finished it. Hallelujah. He's finished it. He's finished it. Oh, he's finished it. He's accomplished it. He's finished it. Oh, Father, we step in today what you finished. Hallelujah. We step into the thing that you promised and the thing that you fulfilled. We step into it. We step into it. We step into it. We step into it and we receive it. We receive the completed work. We receive the finished work. Hallelujah. We declare, hallelujah, that we press on to the mark. We press on all that you have for us. We step in to the completed work, the finished work. Hallelujah. We rejoice in it. We rejoice in restoration. We rejoice in restoration. We rejoice in healing. We rejoice in blind eyes opening. We rejoice in deaf ears hearing. We rejoice in the kingdom of God manifesting in this place. We rejoice in it. We rejoice in that completed work. Hallelujah. We rejoice in the finished work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. It's completed. It's completed. It's accomplished. Hallelujah. We partake of that sacrifice. We take part of of what Jesus has accomplished. Hallelujah. We eat of that altar today. We eat of that altar today. Hallelujah. We take of that altar today. Hallelujah. We take of that altar today. Hallelujah. Thank you. We take of that altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We take of that altar. We eat of that altar today. Also, the word says that he became poor. That through his poverty, 
we might be made rich. We, we take part of that. We, we eat of that. We eat of the, he who knew no sin became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We eat of that today. say, I receive the finished work. I step into it. I partake of and receive everything Jesus has purchased for me. I choose to live at this altar every day. Celebrate it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a shout of praise if you receive that. Amen.